0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 22. I want to zoom in on the closing words that Jesus gave in his dismantling of the Sadducees' worldview. This is one of the most. Uh, this, this is one of the most stunning examples of what we could emulate as presuppositional apologetics in 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 the world. The Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection, they don't believe in life after death, and they've come to Jesus to ask Him a question about life after death. Jesus points out the hypocrisy, the paradoxical nature, that they would claim to believe in the law of God, yet they would deny that God is the God of Abraham, meaning He's the God of someone who is alive. In verse 31, They say, now concerning the resurrection of the dead, Jesus says, now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. So names Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When he's speaking to Moses through the burning bush, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So God believes in the resurrection. And you claim, you claim to believe what was spoken to you by god so you're going to correct god in this that same confrontation that same moment of decision the holy spirit is all over that when someone is saved are you going to call god a liar god says that he's the god of abraham isaac and jacob he said that to moses through the burning bush here it is in context here's here's uh exodus chapter 3 Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, Here I am, he answered. Just wait till we get to Isaiah chapter 6. You're going to see a similar moment. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. God makes the proclamation, I am. He is. He existed in the past, He exists in the future, and He exists now. This is what the seraphim in the throne room proclaim of Him. That God would speak this way to Moses, and Moses would be so stricken as to remove the sandals from his feet and be afraid to look up. That's the text that the Sadducees claimed to believe, and yet they denied that God is the God of the living. When we evangelize people, we can present passages like these from the text of the Bible. Jesus claims to be one with the Father. He claims to be the Son of God Himself. He claims to be the Way, the Truth, and the Life. And so there, there's a put up or shut up time. Are you gonna? You know, what what Jesus said to the Sadducees basically is like you, you're calling, you're, you're claiming not to believe what God said about Himself. And we can likewise offer a similar opportunity to respond when we evangelize presuppositionally. All right, so here's, here's what Jesus said about himself. So, is Jesus a liar or is this the day that you're saved? Now, be careful not to be overly confrontational with this. There are people whom I've led to Christ who, yeah, because of a rapport that I had with them, we could, in a sense, would seem like kind of spar a little bit. And there have been some moments when I've led people to Christ where it did take some wrestling, mostly just to keep them back in the scripture because the devil will do anything he can to get them out of the word of God. And when I bring them to the the, the red letter text and they see Jesus' own words about himself, and I invite them to make a decision, is this true? Or is it not because everything hinges upon whether or not you believe this is true and you can't have it both ways and to refuse to decide is by default to reject jesus so what's it gonna be um that's not the way that i evangelize a lot of uh acquaintances all right Uh, if i'm doing man on the street evangelism yeah i'm probably actually you know, it may come to that. The Lord may use that in a sense of urgency. But it's not very winsome. It's not very attractive. Uh, it's, it doesn't bear a whole lot of fruit. And we do it that way, honestly. So if you evaluate evangelistic endeavors based on their fruitfulness, uh, which I do, that evidences is the, the Spirit of God at work, the will of God being done, um, hopefully to reap a harvest and not just proclaim condemnation, then that's not always going to be that winsome. Make sure that you have rapport with someone such that they respect you enough to actually trust that your Bible is real that uh, you don't belong to some weird kooky cult, but that you actually believe in the word of God. So as lovingly as you can, you slide this across the table and you can ask the question like, did God mean this or was he lying? The spirit is all over that moment. It's It's a really cool thing to watch. The tears form in the eyes of someone who would proclaim not to believe in God as they are faced with this text The same way that Jesus confronted the Sadducees. Uh, Now, in tomorrow's devotion, they're going to come try again. This one was a swing and a miss. Tomorrow's going to be another swing and a miss. And then Jesus is going to give a teaching that helps us also respond to accusations that New Testament Christians ought to adhere to Old Testament law. But in the meantime, I just want to pray for you as you evangelize. God, we want to learn from you and how you spoke to your critics as they would they would accost you and you would respond with Holy Spirit inspired perfection, embodying the Logos, the word himself. God, the best that we can do is offer your words to those who are far from you. So we, I pray that you would give everybody who watches this devotion an opportunity to slide the Bible across the table and emulate you, Jesus, that your spirit would be there just as you promised you would to the very end of the age. The people would be confronted with the truth himself, Jesus. And be asked the question, is this true or is God a liar? I pray that your spirit would yield evangelistic fruit. I pray that you would save souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.